All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Owning Your Authenticity. Um, I'm very excited this week. Um, Christmas is in just a few days, and um, we have a guest here. It is Shelly Ehler. Um, I was actually connected to her from my first interview, Katie, which if anybody has listened, um, we had an amazing conversation and, and just formed a connection that literally has lasted. And she called me and said, I have a friend that you need to talk to because you guys just, you just, the world just needs you to, to connect and have a conversation. So today is that day we're having a conversation. So, um, I'm just going to dive right in and, uh, thank you guys for joining me again and, uh, yeah, let's get started. Hey everyone. Welcome to owning your authenticity with me, Diana Terry. This podcast is all about breaking down the stereotypes we were raised with to create our real authentic life. We talk about every kind of relationship, life in business, creating worthy routines, setting boundaries, and leaning into that little voice that says, you are meant for more. If you've checked off all the boxes of what you were supposed to do, and you still feel like it's not right or not enough, then this podcast is for you. I know that your time is super valuable, so thank you for joining me, and let's get started. Okay, so hi, Shelly. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so yeah, so Katie Strain connected us, obviously. Um, and so uh, she, you know, she told me just a few things about you. So you are a, um, you work at a wellness center. Wellness center. Thank you. Counseling and wellness center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and then you are a life coach. And most recently, and in the last couple of years, you started doing hypnotherapy. And uh, so just kind of give us a little bio about yourself and, and what you do and, and why you're here today. Yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and I, and just absolutely adore what I do, but backing up a little bit, you know, I started my career as a teacher and, um, and I taught in Camarillo for many years and, um, and then I became a stay home mom and stay home with, with my family, my kids. Um, And then, you know, I was helping my husband with his business at the same time too. And when the recession hit uh, about 2007, mm-hmm. my husband and I started a new business, a 3D modeling business. And um, we were just completely wiped out during the recession. We were selling a luxury item right. to the building market and the home building market completely crashed. We lost our business. We lost our home. It was horrific. And, um, and then, you know, a couple of years after that, I end up coming up with this idea for a, a, a product, a children's towel. It was called the Shono towel. And it was like a changing towel that you could, you know, just put over your kids to change in public or a towel that they could use to help them dry themselves off without anyone helping them. And it was this real clever idea. And I like followed my heart. I followed it and it led me to ABC Shark Tank. And I went on this crazy roller coaster of a ride for several years being on that show. None of it ended up working out. And it was like, <laughs> crazy. I went from feeling like so successful to the biggest failure, but through it all, I realized I was never on that show to sell towels. I was on that show to sell hope. And when I realized that it was like my true purpose started to emerge, mm-hmm. I started hearing my heart telling me that it was, you know, that, that my purpose was to spread joy, inspire and spread hope, spread joy, inspiration and hope. And I was like, okay, how? And then all of a sudden people started reaching out to me asking, would I mentor them? Would I coach them? Would I help them? And I always say yes. And then I yeah. realized I actually really like this and I'm actually really good at this. And I realized that this is actually a career. 
Yeah. So I started becoming a coach, you know, and, um, and then within the last, like about three years ago is when I discovered hypnotherapy and that was just like the crown jewel on the whole thing. And, um, and now I find like, I, I just feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I can see how the universe has taken me and like thrown me all over the place and taken yes. this wild, crazy ride in this roller coaster with like crazy ups and crazy downs and crazy, let me off. And why the hell, how do I even get on here all over the place to finally like land me here with all of this experience and all of mm-hmm. these lessons that I went through because I'm supposed to teach them and I'm supposed to share them. Yes. So my life now, I just want to look and say, how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I share? What can I do? And I, I feel more at peace and more content than I ever have been in my life. And I feel really grateful. What a beautiful place to be in, man. Thanks. What a be- uh, So I just want to ask, so you started out as a teacher and you told me before that it was right out of college. Did you have an entrepreneurial like spirit in you before that? Or was it very much like, I'm going to go to school, get the degree, do the thing? Like what kind of trajectory were you on, you know, going into your first career? Yeah, I, I probably did secretly, but I never let it be known because mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, being a dreamer in my family was not allowed. Mm. And so my dad was very much, um, you have to get a, a reasonable job. And you have to get, you know, w- with, with benefits and with mm-hmm. you know, vacation and all these type of things. And, and these were appropriate careers for women. And, yes. and, and, it, and a teacher is a really great job for you, Shelly. And it was like, but I'm like, but I want to work for Oprah. And I went, and it was like, <laughs> squash, 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 squash. Absolutely not. Yeah. That will not be allowed. That is no. No dreamers in this family. No, 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 no. Like we are real, real, realistic people. We, we do realistic things and that's it. And people who are dreamers are completely um, insane. And so mm. that is not a path I want you going down. Um, Cause I've seen, but you know, it was a protective thing, you know? Yeah. Parents want to protect and I get that. But, um, but yeah, there was no room for like dreaming or really thinking this fantastic thing for myself growing up because it just was not, there was no space for that. So, so I asked this cause I, I wanted to be a teacher when I was very, very young. And then I realized I don't really like that many people. So it wouldn't work out very well. But were you the one that, cause like my daughter says now she's in fifth grade. She's like, Oh, I either want to be a zookeeper or a teacher. And that's where she's at right now. But I ask her constantly and it changes. Did you want to be a teacher or were you told that that was a good option? Like, did you, can you remember as a kid being like, I want to be a teacher when I grow up? No, all the things I wanted to be, I knew I wasn't allowed to be. Ah. So when I came home from college, I was finally like, I figured out what I want to do. And I told my dad, I'm like, I want to be a news broadcaster. Yeah. I want, people say all the time, oh, you remind me of Katie Couric and blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I could do that. I'm really good at that. And my dad went, squash, like, no. And then my next career trajectory was I wanted to work for Oprah. Mm-hmm. I, was, I fell in love with Oprah when I was 14 and Oprah worked in Chicago. And I was like, I'm going to graduate from, from college and I'm going to move to Chicago and I'm going to knock on Oprah's door until she opens and she is going to let me in. And my dad was like, squash, that is not happening either. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, I actually did end up working for Oprah. Oh, really? Yeah. So what happened was, this is really funny. Um, 
So after college, one of my um, college roommates ended up going into TV and, and she was looking like putting out resumes and stuff. Like that. So she's looking through some book with like production companies and like mm-hmm. calls me one day and she goes, you are not going to believe it, but Oprah has a production company in Los Angeles in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, shut the front door. Like seriously. And she goes, yes. And she's like, okay, I'm going to send my, you know, take resumes out next week. Do you want to come with me? I'm like, hell yes. Yeah. So I get my resume together. I put on this new suit that I'd gotten for interviewing. We go to Beverly Hills. I drop up and I literally like almost push my way in. Like the lady on the intercom's like, we're busy. We can't take resume. I'm like, oh, kept making excuses. She finally lets me in. I totally hit it off with her. And she finally is like, well, we might have, you know, some availability in, in December in a couple months. So ring back then. I'm like, I will. So I go home. I'm so excited. I know this is meant to be. I'm working forever. <laughs> And I go and I rush in and I tell my parents and my dad is like, no, you are not going back to that. You are not doing that. And, um, you know, you're going to go to teaching school and I'll pay for it. But, um, but if you pursue this Oprah thing, I will not pay for your schooling. And so (sighs) my heart breaks right now. Yeah. I put it aside. Okay. And I was like, I'm not going. So listen, this is really cool. Uh, like several months pass, I go out to dinner with, um, at the time, this is my, my, my boyfriend, who's now my husband. We, we've been together since high school. So I'm at dinner with his dad and his stepmom. And his stepmom has always like been my cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And so we sit down. She's like, Shelly, oh my God, what's happening with Oprah? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, nothing. I go, I'm not going to go back. And, it, you know, I'm not going. My dad said, I can't. She's like, wait a minute. She goes, shakes me. She goes, who am I talking to? Like, who the who the hell are you? Where is Shelly? Like she goes, what is yeah. going on here? And I'm like, Tara, I can't, I'm going to be a teacher. My dad doesn't want me to work for Oprah. And I, you know, he's not going to pay for school. And this is, you know, it's not going to happen. She goes, now stop it right now. And she goes, you know what? People who don't respect your dreams don't need to know them. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And she goes, so you, my friend are going to put that red suit back on and you were going to go to Oprah's and you were going to get that job. And you were going to tell your dad, too bad, I have my Oprah job. And yes, I am still going to go back to school to get my teaching credential, but I'm going to work at Oprah's at the same time. And I'm going to do both. And I'm going to show you that I can. And he will accept it and you'll be fine. And I did. I secretly snuck out. I just got goosebumps. Like, yeah, secretly snuck out the next day, go to Oprah's, bust my way in there, get the job come home and I'm like shaking as I tell my dad, I'm like, by the way, guess what I did today? I went to Oprah and I got a job working as an assistant there, but it's part-time and I can still go to school and get my teaching credential and I can do both. And he, what's he going to say? He's like, okay. And that was it. So I worked, I worked at Oprah's production company called Harpo Films for about a year. And then, you know, after that, I ended up finishing my teaching credentials right. I went on to be a teacher, but I did it. I did it. I actually did. End up was that, it. was that the first time you had ever gone against what you were told to do? Oh yeah. Yeah. And how did that feel? It was so empowering and so amazing. And it's now I look back on it now, knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay. What your burning desire, right? Napoleon Hill thinking grow rich says, um, you know, your burning desire plus absolute belief equals anything possible. Yes. And that was like my burning desire and just me knowing I could do it. Here I am 
I had this burning desire to work, desire to work for Oprah and I freaking did. I made it happen. You know, see, and it's so funny to, to hear that because I have always come from a place of, I have been in survival mode most of my entire life. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, I know I can do anything kind of thing. It was that I have always done anything because I freaking had to, like, I didn't have another choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so funny to hear that, like, you know, realistically we did the same things. Like we always, we made it happen, but for very different reasons, very different drives that got us there. Yeah. Wow. What a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So realist. So, so you then went from being a teacher to being a stay-at-home mom, which was job number two, career number two, which that one never ends, obviously. Right. Um, and then to entrepreneur. So were you a mom of young kids when you went into this entrepreneur um, with the towel? I was. And that was my thing because I was home with them and I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I could do because I still needed, I was still home raising them. And it was sort of one of those difficult things that I was trying to figure out something I could do at home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started making these towels and sewing them at home. And then the, it very first started by just having home parties. You know, it's like people have yeah. a party. So I have people over, the neighbors over with a bunch of wine and be like, come buy towels. And it started taking off because people love them. And this is literally just a towel with a slit right in the middle of it. You know, yeah. it's like, I was at the pool with the kids and my younger son was like struggling to try and get his trunks off. And they were like knotted really tight and they couldn't get his trunks off. And I'm holding his like towel around him. Right. You're creating like the little ring. He used to call this towel tent, right? So I'm creating and holding his towel tent. Well, I couldn't hold his towel tent and help him with his trunks. Yeah. I remember thinking, I was like, I wish I could just put something over him that would keep him covered to keep his like, you know, privacy Mm -hmm. and with his trunks. And that night, literally, I'll never forget it. It's four in the morning. And I swear I felt like a bolt of electricity hits the top of my head, shoots through my body and, and, and completely comes out my feet. I swear to God, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah. You out of bed. I sit up, my eyes are like bugged out. And I go, if I took a towel and I put a slit in it, they could wear it like a poncho. And then I go, it's a changing towel. It's a poncho. It's a show. No. <laughs> and I go, oh my God. Oh my God. That's funny. That's actually, that's really funny. That's really cute. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And my heart's like racing. I'm like, oh my God, this is a really good idea. And so I jump out of bed and I'm like, I've never seen this before. Like, this is a really good idea. I've never, how could that be? How could I have never seen this before? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like my ego mind, which I call like the party crasher. Yeah. It's all of a sudden like, calm down, down. be realistic. Like you're, you're stupid. And um, this is a towel with a slit in it, like settle the F down, right? Like calm down because this is really genius. A towel with a slit in it. Like this is pretty, actually it might be very stupid. So I jumped to Google and I'm like, someone's got to be doing this. And I'm kind of trying to just dismiss the thoughts and I'm Googling. I'm like, and all I'm seeing are like little hooded towels with duckies, bunnies. Yes. The the ones you wrap them in after the bath. Yes. Like for babies, right? Yeah. And, And so I'm like, my kids are like four and seven now, mm-hmm. and they're not going to wear duckies or hoodies. So I'm kind of looking like children's towel, and it's only ducky hoodie bunny. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing like this with just a towel with a slit in it, like an intermediary t- towel, right? Baby towel before you go to big towel. And I thought, wow, this is this is interesting. Nothing, this doesn't exist. And I remember saying, how could that be? 
And then I hear within this voice come and go, cause it's been waiting for you. And I'm like me, but I have no money. I have no resources. And this is after you guys going through that loss and yeah, and yeah the recession and everything. After the recession, we lost our home, we lost our business. And my mind, my dad thinking mind's like, you need a practical job. Like, what are you doing? And then it's like this voice going, you, I have no money. I have no, I've never done this before. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never developed a product and I'm giving all these reasons. And all of a sudden the voice comes back really strong and it goes, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't worry about the how, Shelly. See, that's actually the easy part because yes. you give me the how. You surrender the how. Now, your job is actually the hardest part. It's the believing because you have to believe with absolute faith and you can believe without any cracks, without any doubts. So you take the believing, you believe it in absolute faith. I'll take care of the how. And then you take one small step forward. Inspired and action. Will appear. And I am telling you that is exactly what freaking happened. I, that, I got up right that moment. I cut a slit in like three times. <laughs> <laughs> My kids wore them to the pool that day. And I had like five moms, like, what is that? Where, where did you get that? Oh my God, right. that's really cute. You know? And I knew how to sew a little. So I made it cute and I kind of decorated it. Like I yeah. color and it made it cute. And then I was like, okay, well let's make some of these. And I go to my mailbox and there's like 50% off today at Joann's. Right? <laughs> and then I go to Target and it's like, oh, 50% off today on towels. And it's like the universe just feeding me like mm-hmm. next step and next step. And a neighbor next door, like I needed a logo. This guy is like a really big company. He's charges probably $10,000, $20,000 for logos. He designed my logo for a macaroni and cheese casserole that he loves. I made a macaroni and cheese casserole and he loves it. And he's like, he designed my logo for me, right? Like this is just friends helping you out. You yeah. Know? So it's like everything was given to me right when I needed it, right mm-hmm. when I needed it, right when I needed it. And before I knew it, like, I blinked my eyes and I end up with my product on the Today Show on ABC Shark Tank, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like, oh my God, look what can happen, right? When you listen, look what can happen. When So did were things this easy when you were listening to other people's opinions of what you were supposed to do? Like was school this easy? Was teaching this easy when it was something that was told to you by other people? No, no, not really. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's always following your own heart, you know, yeah. so many times through this journey too, that so many people were afraid for me and would speak their opinions and speak there. And I would say to them, you know what? I appreciate that you're afraid, you're afraid and you have fear, but I have enough of my own fear. You keep it to yourself. Right. I need you to send me is love, send me support, believe in me, send me belief, believe in me, believe in me, believe in me, believe in me, send me that. Yes. And, and that's what we need from other people. We don't need their opinions. We don't need their really advice. The best thing you could do for someone is just send them love and send them support and send them good energy. That's what they need. And if you can't do that, then the best thing you can do is just be quiet. Like keep it to yourself. You, you. you don't need to be entitled to force your negative opinions on other people. No. If, yeah. No, who needs that? Everyone is on their own journey. And I would say, listen, I get that you don't get it, but you also get that you can't hear my heart. Right. You can't hear my voice. And I believe in myself enough and I am brave enough to follow my heart. 
And I mm. get that. maybe you aren't. And that's fine for you. If that's how you but want you, it, but I if am. that's your existence, that's fine. But this is my existence. Yes. Mine. And it's what I have to do. And my heart's been guiding me and I've allowed my heart, but it was really hard for me then when it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. And that was the biggest. Was that a very much like, oh, everybody was right and I was wrong and, and I shouldn't have, I had this crazy thing in my mind and look what happened. I let the crazy take over and yeah. look where it got me. Is that kind of where it went? A little bit, a little bit of, yeah, they were right and I was wrong for sure. That was there. But then it was a lot of, I'm not smart enough and I'm not good enough. Oh, like if I was smarter, I would have done it better and it would have worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And then it was a lot of victim, a lot of poor me because mm-hmm. like the shark that I made the deal with on the TV show wasn't completely reneged her deal. And so I put a lot of that blame on her instead of just owning it myself and being able to figure it out and being scrappy like I always have been. Right. I let myself fall into this slump of blaming. And when you're blaming and, and you're angry, you go nowhere. <laughs> Yeah. So I stayed stuck for a really long time. Well, and it's crazy that you came from that your next step, if you look like on the, you know, the very generalized chronological scale is to then helping other people to sit in there being like, I feel like a total failure to other people sitting there going, be like, teach me what, you know, how did that feel? So at first it was like, uh, uh, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to be best friends. <laughs> We've, we're trying to break up right now. I'm still, I still deal with it a little bit, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that, perhaps. So, so there, first it was like, why do you want to know from me? I'm an idiot. Like, what, like, what the F do I know? So what do I know? I knew how to get on a reality TV show. Okay. Um, but what else, what else do I, what do I, you really see value in me and what I have to say, you know? But then as I started sharing things, I was like, damn, I know more than I thought I did. Yes. And also I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Because when you say yes and you step into that space and you open yourself to universal energy and flow, it comes through you. You are being a vessel, see? Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, that was so interesting. And it was so interesting during my time actually on Shark Tank on the show. You'll have to look up my episode someday and watch it. I will totally. Yeah. But it was, I've had people say that I was the the most skilled um, pitcher that they have ever seen on that show. And I have never done this before. Okay. I, I was, I'm a teacher. Like I've never done this before, but I was so connected. I was so in flow universe was working through me. I wasn't even there. I was just the vessel. Right. And I kind of know that you get that. It's like, I can barely even tell you what happened. I was, I was there, but I wasn't, it was so out of body because I was just allowing it all. And that's why it was so beautiful. It was just yeah. completely. And so the message of inspiration and hope that was supposed to go out to the world came through me and I delivered it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And then it did what it needed to do to inspire people to come back around. And when I was at my lowest low, you know, I had thousands of emails that open that I opened to read like, oh my God, I'm crying tears of joy for right now because you inspire me so much. And my husband and I, we lost our home too during the recession, but I believe that if you can do it, then so can I, and God bless you. You give me so much hope. You give me so much inspiration. I'm going to start my business today. Wow. Whoa. Like I never even thought that that could come 
you know, it was all about me going on TV and then becoming the towel queen and selling a million towels. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you had, you, here's the thing is like, I feel like when we get so um, focused on knowing, like thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get to this place where I feel really fulfilled. And the only way to do that is that I have this trajectory. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go on Shark Tank. I'm going to make towels. I'm going to sell the company for a million dollars. And then I'm going to be free to do whatever my wife says. If we get so focused on the path that we've decided is the only way to get there, right. more often than not, the universe is like jokes on you because you thought you knew better than me. Yeah. So now it's not going to go that way. It's not going to go that way because there's a lesson to be learned here in that we can, we can have like the complete and utter faith in ourselves, but chances are you don't know how it's going to get there. Like you said, the how is not up to us. Yeah. The how is something that we need to be open to receiving. Even like um, an aunt of my, one of my aunts, she's, I love her to death and I love talking to her about spiritual stuff too. Um, but she was like, you know what? I asked the universe for something and it showed up in a way I didn't expect. And now I have to deal with it because it's still giving me what I want, but it wasn't the way I thought it was going to happen. So now I have to start over. She has, was so ready for things to happen the way she decided they were going to happen. Yeah. And so, and I love that, that understanding of like, I asked for this when people sit there and, the, and failure comes yeah. or like, you know, your trajectory changes. You're like, if you really think about it, if, if you're sitting there going like, my goal is to be, is to be financially free and to feel really connected to my family. You asked for that, that the things that get thrown at you that are going to teach you all the things to get there, you asked for it. So you can't be mad at it when it shows up just because it's not what you thought it was going to be. Right. Right. And that's why you always have to surrender the outcome. Yeah. You know, surrendering the outcome is because when you form that outcome in your mind and it doesn't look the way you thought it was, then you think it's wrong. Yes. You call it wrong. And then you call it failure and you thought you failed when in fact, actually <laughs> it wasn't wrong. Mm -hmm. Actually it worked out better probably than you could have even imagined. Probably pointed you in another direction, you know, yes opened you to something bigger and better because the universe always has a dream that's bigger and better than we could ever possibly dream for ourselves. But we like to put ourselves in this little small box. Like, but this is like, but this is all I want. But the universe is like, no, it could be so much bigger and better. So don't judge whatever it is that didn't turn out as wrong. Don't call it wrong. Because when you call it wrong, you get stuck again mm -hmm. and you're stuck and you're trapped. But when you can look at it, through a different lens to the lens of truth and the lens of love and see it from a new perspective and see that, oh, oh, maybe that's why. Maybe it was shifting me in this direction. Maybe I needed to learn this or learn this. Oh my God, now it's become a gift. Mm -hmm. Now it actually is a gift. And now when it's a gift, I get to move forward with that gift and be like, now what can I create with it? Right. You know, but to me, it was, I was on this timeline because I had lost all my money. And so guess what? I better make it back as fast as I can to save face. So I don't have to sit in that shame. So I don't have to sit in that struggle anymore. And it was all about how fast can I get my money back? Right. <laughs> and the universe is like, uh-uh, longer, 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 longer. Yeah. It took a lot longer than I wanted it to, but it took as much time as it needed to. Yes. I ready to move through it any faster than I did. Unfortunately, I sat for the longest time going, they got away with it. They got away with it. And it's a them, them, them. How dare they? How dare everybody did this to me? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, really? Where do you think you were going to go with that one? 
And it was this poor me story. Did you hear what happened when they didn't give me that check on Shark Tank and when that horrible bitch, you know, pulled her deal from me? Did you hear? And I couldn't wait to just, you know, cry my story to anyone who would listen. And I would repeat it and I'd believe it and I would bleed. And I'd start to heal and I'd repeat it and the scab would come off and I'd bleed. Yes. Until I finally got, I finally, finally got, I have to end this. I have to stop the story. I have to heal. No more picking at the scab. And so I disconnected myself from all of it. Mm-hmm. I, I quit my business. I closed it. I pulled myself out of, sh- out of all my Shark Tank groups. I pulled myself out of, I shut down. All, I got rid of all of it. Because I'm like, I cannot, it was-, it was too painful. I cannot be attached to it and heal. I need to heal and figure out what life has for me. I need to use these gifts. I need to use this. I know that me being on TV in front of 8 million people was not wasted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it for my benefit at some point in my life. I am using it every day. It has done amazing things for me. It's made, gave me amazing connections, but more than that, I have learned and grown so much. And my heart the whole time has said, this is what's really, really interesting. I love that we're going back. This came totally full circle. <laughs> Because my heart told me, okay, I used to think that me being a teacher was a mistake and I only did it because of my dad. And then I come back around and say, my heart says, but you were always supposed to be a teacher, Shelly. Can't you see that there are no mistakes? You were always supposed to be a teacher, but you weren't supposed to teach second grade. See, you were supposed to have a bigger audience. You were supposed to have a big audience and you weren't supposed to be in a classroom. Right. Because you're still a teacher. Right. That's not in the conventional form that your dad told you it was going to be. How cool is that? You know, and it's so funny because I'm reading a book right now about um, like recovering from trauma. And, you know, you go into these books and when you're the victim of trauma, I hate the word victim, but when you have received trauma, when you've been on the receiving end of trauma, it's you think that all these books are going to tell you like how to recognize the bad person and the, and, and I started this book and I really like it. And then it gets one chapter in and it's how to recognize, you know, the person that's going to bring you this type of trauma. And then it goes, okay, the rest of the book is about you now. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's about why you were susceptible to being taken into, it's about narcissistic um, abuse, why you were susceptible to it. Let's heal the things within us that made us able to be taken into that space. And I'm like, damn it. Now it's all about me again. And if you think about, (laughs) but realistically, if you think about anything, the, the constant, you know, we were talking about before we started recording the constant victimhood of like, Oh, the world attacks me. And I'm just, and all these things happen to me and poor me and look at me. I've, I've had to survive so much. That was, that was my narrative for so long. And it's like, yeah, but if you can sit there and just blame it on everyone else, then you don't have to do the internal work to heal and heal the parts of you that are making it open to consistently receive those things. Yes. You have to heal the parts within you that are making you available for that pain. And then you have to change your mindset. You have to shift your mindset and to be like, uh, it's not, you know, if I, if I constantly think the world's attacking me, then the world will constantly attack me. A few episodes ago, two months ago, I posted an episode about your RAS, your reticular activating system. Uh If you show yourself negativity, you will keep getting negativity. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly, that's exactly how it works. I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head completely. Yeah. But it's about, it is about showing up. It's about doing the work. It's about ownership, you know, owning your shit, doing the work 
and then beginning to, um, it's all about awareness, you know, because so much of, of our thoughts, our thoughts are, are, are unconscious, right? Mm -hmm. And when you think the same thought, so do you know that we think 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day? Mm -hmm. And did you know that 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, right? So we are thinking the same things, we are doing the same things, and we are living the same life over and over and over and over. On and autopilot. Autopilot, totally subconscious. So when you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. Always, always, always. Mm -hmm. So how do we change? How do we change? We have to begin to change our thoughts because your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings create your behaviors. Your behaviors create your experiences. Okay. Mm -hmm. so how do we create our experience and change our experience of life. It all starts with the thought, but most of our thoughts are unconscious. So it's about stopping, becoming present, coming to the present moment and starting to notice what it is I'm thinking. And when you're starting to think a negative thought, go, oh, there you are again. Okay, now let's shine light on this. And that's when I started to tell you before about the work of Byron Katie. The work of Byron Katie is about inquiry. It's about questioning your thoughts. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so when you have a thought, a disturbing thought that like about yourself or about another person, maybe this person shouldn't have been so rude to me. This person shouldn't have treated me so badly. Okay, well, then you kind of look at that thought and you ask its four questions. And the first question is, is it true? Mm -hmm. and the ego mind might first say, yeah, it's true. Why should they have treated me that way? And then the next question is, are you 100% that it's true? Are you 100% sure? It's like, oh, you know, and then you ask, how does it make you feel when you believe that thought's true? Yeah. And then, lastly, it's about turning it around. Or who would I be without that thought? Mm -hmm. How would I feel without it, right? Yeah, like what would the experience look like if that wasn't there? Completely. And if you think about that, the, most of the thoughts we think are completely false, made up by our ego minds, mm -hmm. and made up in order to fill gaps because we don't want to fill any uncertainty. So we're always writing the stories. We're always thinking, we're thinking the thoughts. We think we, and we believe, we write these stories. We believe and we believe oh. We oh, yeah, we believe them. Well, it's like what Jay Shetty says. He says, it's not, it's not about what I think. It's not about what other people think. It's about what I think other people are thinking of me. Uh -huh. Our realities are created because we assume that other people are thinking basically a mirrored reflection of our worst thoughts of ourselves. Right. And then we assume truth in that. Right. And yeah. it's, and so what is it equal suffering? suffering, suffering. And we as human beings choose to suffer for most of our lives. And it's yeah. unnecessary. Okay. Pain is inevitable. It is, is, is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. And, and we suffer. Why do we suffer? Because we believe our thoughts. So what's the end of suffering? Examining your thoughts starting to pay attention. What is it am I thinking? What am I believing about myself? Because when you believe this negative thought about yourself, it creates a negative feeling inside. Mm -hmm. That continues to create the same event over and over. Well, and that's what you're going to attract them because any, if you talk about like law of attraction stuff, they say, okay, you, you think a thought and then you pair it with an emotion because that's when you really put energy into something energetically, that's what you're going to attract. So if you are thinking negatively or down on yourself or talking shit about yourself. And then you pair that with a strong emotion, like, oh, this makes me feel so bad. Whether it's good or bad, the, the law of attraction doesn't matter. You're going to attract that because you have paired that negative thought with a strong emotion and you get what you already are. You attract what you already are and what you already have. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all vibration. It's all energy. Mm-hmm. So that vibration that you're putting out is matching equal vibration. Equal yes. Vibration matches equal vibration. Vibrating low, low, low things end up coming in your life. Yeah. So I wanted to jump forward a little bit and talk because I'm very curious about, so you are a life coach. You, you work with clients one-on-one, but in the last couple of years, you said you have started using hypnotherapy, um, as part of your, um, your work. And so tell us one, like how that came in to your life, like what experience you had, where it came from and then, and how, how it has impacted like your work and the impact you've been able to have on the people that you um, work with. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for asking because this is like my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) So I'm pretty excited about a lot of things. (laughs) I am really excited about hypnotherapy and I am on a mission, a mission to dispel the myths because so many people, when they think of hypnotherapy, they think of a stage show. They think of someone quacking. I was just going to say like clucking like a chicken, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the first image. And so, or other people think of it as mind control Mm. or um, brainwashing. Like being dangerous. Dangerous. Um, I've heard it called the devil. And a lot of sometimes um, tend to be kind of religious people tend to think that it's like um, the devil. It's Satan or, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And it like blows my mind. Because mm-hmm. like, the, if you honestly think that I like, no offense, but you know, nothing about it, nothing. You don't yeah. even know what you're talking about because it is the most loving, positive, incredible thing ever. And it is, um, it's the most, it's a really powerful therapeutic tool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, um, pretty much everything, like all of your life experiences, your habits, your beliefs, your behaviors, your past memories, all live in your subconscious mind. Right. So whatever it is that troubles you, maybe this negative thought, or maybe like trying to change something like a habit, it lives in your subconscious mind and it's never easy to do. It's never easy to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think in our life, like, why is it so hard to change? Why can't I just do the things I know I need to do oh, my every day? Okay. Right. <laughs> and it's like, why? And do you ever feel like you're, there's this internal battle of like, there's part of me that wants to change, but this other part of me that doesn't like, why is that? Why am I sabotaging myself? Yes. Okay. Do you want to know why? Yeah, because you're speaking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the mind is split between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. Okay. So when you're a kid and you're born into the world, you are all subconscious. Okay. There's no, everything soaks in. You hear people say kids are like sponges, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk because they just soak everything in. They soak everything in. And so why you can tell a kid who's five or, you know, three years old, Santa comes and then there's a fairy and they're like, oh, oh, they don't, they don't have a logical thinking mind yet. Right. They have not developed reason, critical thinking, judgment to be like, that doesn't make sense. Right. So it's not until you're like eight or nine years old when you start forming your critical mind. Okay. Now, you form the critical mind around eight or nine, and now you're starting to question things. And things don't just absorb in like they used to, right? Yeah. But as you're a kid, you take everything and you believe everything. So all those experiences from your childhood, your beliefs, they are all living in that subconscious mind and you believe them and they are real. They're called your knowns. And the subconscious's job is to keep you safe and to keep you the same. And it does not want you to change ever, ever, ever. You Can you it. just say that one more time? Cause that is a very powerful, like I felt that deep in my bones Yeah. about your subconscious. Yeah. So all of your beliefs, your behaviors, your habits, they all live in the subconscious mind. Okay. It's living there. 
And your subconscious does not want you to change. It wants you to stay the same in a state of homeostasis. So all of your beliefs, your subconscious believe this, this is real to you. This is completely true. No matter what you, whatever you were fed, whatever your parents told you as a kid, whatever your friends told you as a kid, this living in the mind. And it's mm -hmm. very real. So it's why, let's say, you know, someone told you that, you were a terrible singer or something when you were a child. And maybe a little bit later, someone goes, gosh, I would love to hear you sing. And you're like, I'm a terrible singer. And they're like, what? And you don't know why you think you're a terrible singer, but someone told you that when you were a kid, right? Just little things like that. Yeah. Let's say when, you know, you were a kid and, and, and like a cat scratched you and all of a sudden you have this, like, you're afraid to be around cats. You don't really know why, because you don't even remember it, but that happened when you were a child. Okay. This lives in the subconscious mind. All these things live in the subconscious mind. So as we get to be older, the conscious mind begins forming and um, things don't just absorb in anymore. It's like someone tells you something and if it goes along with your subconscious programming, it will, it will be allowed to absorb in. But if it doesn't really, if it goes against your subconscious programming, your subconscious is like, I don't believe that, it'll kind of kick it out. So if someone tries to tell you good things about yourself, but if you don't believe it subconsciously, it's just going to reject it. Right. Okay. And so that's why it's like, it's sometimes people say, well, a lot of times affirmations don't work, but that's because if you're just saying them and you're saying them and you don't believe them down here. Okay. So it's all about that subconscious programming. Okay. Yes. So this is the kicker. Your subconscious mind is 88% of your mind power. Your of course. <laughs> your conscious thinking mind, 12%. Okay. So we're trying to resolve most of our problems with the 12% of our conscious thinking mind. We're trying to use our logic and our thinking and our reasoning and our judgment. And our, this makes sense. And that makes sense with the 12% of your mind. But guess what? 88% doesn't want it to change. 88% mm -hmm. is trying to keep you the same. So whenever you try to change a habit, let's say you want to start working out and the subconscious is like, I am really happy on the couch. We like it here. Being on the couch yes. is a big fat, fat positive. I like it. I don't want to change. Right. And then the, the, you know, the, the conscious thinking minds, like, I don't want to be lazy anymore. Like that feels like a negative to me. I want to start working out. I want to do these things. So what happens is you feel this incongruency because your conscious goals are not in line with your subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. That's that internal battle. It's yes. versus subconscious. That's what that battle is. Why am I fighting myself? It's your conscious mind fighting your subconscious mind. They're not in congruence because when you are congruent and your conscious thinking mind is congruent with what's going on in your subconscious, then you're able to do something easily and effortlessly. Mm -hmm. So what happens in the state of hypnosis is we're able to relax the conscious mind in order to access subconscious directly. Okay. So in hypnosis, it's like it opens a gateway into the subconscious, like a gateway into the mind opens. Okay. And therapist just puts you in a very relaxed state. We just relax you, relax you, and then go into the subconscious mind and begin to drop in a positive suggestion that begins to rewire that subconscious programming. So whatever it is you want to change, maybe you're afraid of something. Okay. Maybe you're afraid of flying. Okay. So I'm going to drop in a suggestion that tells you that you are, in fact, you're no longer afraid of flying. You feel confident. And in fact, when you're flying, you enjoy it. You feel relaxed and calm and in control. And there's nothing to be afraid of. And in fact, you find you really like exercising, that it gives you joy and it gives you strength and it makes you feel empowered and you will no longer 
sabotage you. You just, you feed these, whatever it is the mind wants, you want the mind to hear. You feed these into the subconscious mind and you keep feeding it in and keep, and it's going right into the subconscious. It's not being blocked by that critical layer, right? It's mm-hmm. dropped right in. We're reworking it. Now your conscious goals are now aligning with your subconscious goals. And forming like that power bond. Bam, the 12% works with the 88%, 100% of your mind working towards your goal. And that's why it's so effective. Mm-hmm. Someone for like fear of flying and have them flying in three sessions. I was going to ask how long, like, so for me, like, you know, I think about things like I've had pain in fibromyalgia for 20 years. I just started doing acupuncture and that paired with like healing a lot of trauma. I, I am so drastically better than where I used to be. What kind of, is this like a long-term care? Does it depend on, I mean, I'm sure it depends on the person and their willingness and openness to actually get in that state, but what kind of like length of care do you tend to do with your clients? So it depends on the issue, you know, but something like, um, and I, and we'll do a session because I want to do a session with you for fiber. Oh, we'd love to. It can be, you're going to get relief. I promise you after the first session. Oh, I'm sure. What? And so. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It works really great for things like that. But it depends on the issue. Like I see um, one of the most popular things a hypno- someone comes to see a hypnotherapist for is like smoking cessation. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so um, it's a three-hour um, you know, session and someone can leave there in one session and not smoke again. You know? Wow. Yeah, so that's what, why? Because we, when you align that subconscious with your conscious, bam, you're, in, you're, you're ready to go, right? And so- it depends on the issue and it depends on how strongly you want to change as well too. Because if your conscious thinking mind, that 12% of your conscious thinking mind is kind of like, I want to change, but it's not completely decided. And this can be really tricky sometimes with weight loss. I'll see that with weight loss clients that are like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I really want to change, but they're not really using their willpower. And they're kind of thinking that they're going to come in and I'm going to hypnotize them and make them not like sweets anymore. And then they're just (laughs) And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Right. You have to use your conscious thing. You have to really, you still have to monitor your eating. You have to decide that you want to do this. You're working with your conscious mind. I'm working with your subconscious. And I can help you stop getting rid of like sugars and things like that. Like that's easy. I mean, it's pretty much, I can help people like having no more cravings and things Mm -hmm. like that. It's like, I don't want to crave this anymore. I helped a client in two sessions who had a real strong sugar addiction. And she texts me like, I'm a hundred days without sugar. She's like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. In two sessions, you know, um, I see people for fear of driving. Um, Hypnosis works amazing for all kinds of fears and phobias. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, and and that's actually tends to work pretty quickly. Um, But what I'm seeing a lot of now and where I am just, it just, oh my God, fills me up. It almost brings me to tears because I'm so love what I do. And, um, I'm working with people with tremendous anxiety and panic right now. Oh, I, I bet that's just been so amplified with the pandemic and everything. I'm telling you people crawling out of their skin, crawling out of their skin with anxiety and panic, panic, panic. And I mean, within one session of hypnosis, what a change. Really? Texting me, Oh my God. Are you so what level of openness? Because it's, you know, like my fiance has anxiety. We've talked about this. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast and I have a level of anxiety too, but hers is much more. What level of openness do you have or belief do you have to have in hypnosis? Because I mean, some people think it's very woo woo or whatever. So what level of like 
you know, can you be a skeptic and have it still work? Sure. You just have to be willing to allow it to happen. So if you want to show up and if you want to sit there and be a skeptic and, and try and prove it wrong, you won't go into hypnosis because you do have to have an open mind. You can still be a skeptic, but you just can't sit there and, and then say to yourself, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Got it. Okay. Right. But I see people quite a bit who are kind of are a bit skeptical. And after I explain to them exactly how it works and exactly what I just shared with you about mm-hmm. the 18% and the 12, we do it in a diagram. And yeah. I show them exactly, and I go into real detail about exactly how it works in the mind. And ever, and after you're done explaining that, you can always they're 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 like, I get it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense. And once something makes sense to someone, then they're like, okay, I can open my mind to this now. Right. 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 Yes. Okay. So, sorry. Go ahead. Really quickly, called determining someone's suggestibility because some people are more suggestible than others to hypnosis. And so I do give them a test when they come in and we test their suggestibility. Um, And so it lets me know a little bit more about um, how you take in information, how you learn, how you want your suggestions worded. And it gives me um, a little bit more of an indication of how suggestible you are and how susceptible you are to hypnosis. Interesting. So I have two more questions because I don't want to take all of your time. Um, Kind of in line with hypnosis, it's not hypnosis, but how do you feel about subliminals? I've, I've been, I've heard a lot of people talk about subliminals lately and listening to them while you sleep. What, what's your opinion on those? So, you know, it can't hurt. I mean, you know, you're just listening to um, like subliminal messages in your ears and stuff while you're sleeping. Yeah. Your subconscious is always listening. You know, I haven't done any real, I, I don't know a whole lot of studies on them, or, but I can't imagine that it hurts at all. Um, okay. Your subconscious is always listening. So if people are getting results doing it, go for it. You know, yeah. I, suggest to people who are having problems sleeping. I do give them a sleep hypnosis. And so they'll put, but you, but they listen to it while they're awake. So hypnosis is done while you're in that in between wake and sleep state. Okay. Okay. And so you are still listening with your conscious mind as well. I think it's very effective in that state. So, you know, in my training in school is a little bit more like once you kind of go to sleep, I don't really know completely how much is absorbing, but I think my point is that it, it couldn't hurt. I can't imagine it would hurt. Right. So right. Some of that messaging is getting through to the subconscious. Fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I would, I can't really say for sure of how effective I think it would be. Interesting. Okay. And then this last question is the question I ask everybody. <laughs> if you've listened to an episode, you probably know what it is. Okay. And especially I think I can't wait to hear your answer coming from having, you know, your careers being so different and going through, you know, so many different stages to get where you are, where you're truly like feeling empowered. So Jay Shetty talks about our identity and being linked to other people and other things. You know, when people ask you, Oh, tell me about yourself. You're like, okay, I'm a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I do this. I do, but all those things are in relation to other people. So if you shed all of those identities that connect to other people, all of those things that are not necessarily like a worldly understanding, but what, who do you, who are you? Like who, who, who would you express yourself to be to other people? Or yeah. what would you express yourself to be to other people? I love that. And I love that. I finally know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the past, you'd be like, I am a mom. I am an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not who you are. Keep going. Keep going. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who I am? I know who I am. I am love. I am light. I am consciousness. I am kindness. But more than anything, I, I see myself as a being of light. I am light. I am love. I am consciousness. I love that. 
that is the truest expression of who I am. And my gift and my mission is to bring out the truth in every single person I work with, to connect them with the truth of who they are, to remind them with, the who, with who they are. And in hypnosis, I bring light through everyone's body. We bring a light. And as we bring that light, I'll, I'll, I'll give them the suggestion. There's a knowing now and there's a remembering and you're connecting to this light because this is who you are. You're connecting to your truth. It's, yeah. It's my mission to, you know, I know who I am and my job is to help show other people and reflect that light so that they can see their light and their truth in themselves. It's so funny. I'm just going to say one more thing before we wrap up, but, um, you know, I do my, my company that I do outside of the podcast is, is marketing. And so when I have meetings with people, they get, tend to get thrown off. They go, you know, I say, I say, okay, you know, most meetings, marketing meetings are like, what are your sales goals? What, what percentage do we need to increase? And I sit there and I go, okay, what, what's your why? And they're like, what? I said, well, what impact are you trying to have? Like 10 years from now, if someone wrote an article about you, what impact would you have made on the world? Like, what, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And they get thrown off. And I'm like, but you realize that every, if, if you read uh, Simon Sinek, I don't know if you've read him, his start with why, and he has that whole Ted talk. And he's, if you look at all of the, the best company, I mean, Apple and everything like that, they, they do their marketing in a way that connects with your emotional well-being yeah. and, and simple things of like, you know, they, they make you feel creative when you own a MacBook and they make you, they separate people based on blue messages and green messages because they're starting with how they want you to feel. And I feel like that's kind of what you're doing with hypnosis is like, let's, it's not about like, okay, I want to quit smoking. Like, yes, that's the, that's the thing, but we have to start with why you want to quit smoking. And it's so funny you said about smoking because I was a smoker for years. I had quit a couple of years. And then when my dad was sick, he lived with me and I started smoking again and he had a very short prognosis and, and he was like, I don't like that you're smoking again. I was like, you know, and I had a very open relationship with my dad. I said, well, when you croak, I'll stop. And he like laughed and whatever. But every day we woke up and we had coffee and cigarettes together. And that was like something that we did. And literally the day of his funeral, I smoked my last cigarette and that was six and a half years ago. And I haven't looked, I've never once craved one. I've never had one. Yeah. It's crazy to see when you talk about that subconscious pairing with that conscious Yeah, and why it was so easy to quit that time. And I had struggled before. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. It's such interesting stuff. And that's why I, I mean, I'm just so passionate to share it. And because um, I think a lot, a lot of people just most people don't know. They just do. Not oh, know. I had no idea. No. I, I knew nothing. It is such a powerful therapeutic modality that is being underused, underused, underused. And yeah. and um, it can do so much good, you know. Yeah. It can just do so much good. So, so if someone wanted to um, contact you and work with you, uh, can you just tell everybody like where they can find you, whether it's on social media or website or, or how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. So I work at a Mission Oaks Counseling and Wellness Center. And so the website is mocwc.com. And so you can find me through there and all my contact information is there as well. And um, reach out to me, call me, email me. I'm so accessible. And I always will chat with someone. People will reach out and say, hey, can we just have a conversation um, about, do I think this will work for me? Yeah. I love having those conversations. Never hesitate to reach out and ask because um, some things won't work, you know? And, um, and I'm always honest and saying, no, actually, that's not an, an issue that I work on. Or that's, yeah. that's more for, because, you know, um, there are certain boundaries that I work within. I'm not a medical professional. You right, know? right. And, 
we work on um, uh, on certain issues. And a lot of times people people have come quite honestly, quite frequently looking for past memories and um, blocked memories and stuff like that too, looking for more of an age regression. Mm-hmm. And it's really something that um, that I touch. Um, some hypnotherapists do, but it's it's actually quite dangerous to kind of go and do that. And so I, I, I encourage people to reach out and ask, this is what I'm, this is my issue. Is right. You can help. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to chat about it. I'm happy to, to, um, to, to help in any way. And, but yeah, going through mocwc.com is probably the best way to reach me. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today and for reaching out to Katie and, and being like, I need to connect because this was <laughs> such a great conversation. Thank you. I'd loved every second. I knew it. I knew it. I said, I, I knew we were supposed I to connect. I swear you knew it. <laughs> follow, the, follow, follow the heart. You're like, okay.